We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we're going to talk about the 49ers victory over the Rams. They go into the bye week at 4-4, four and four. but first, we're sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Visit the brewery in Santa Rosa or visit cooperagebrewing.com to order your beer there. It must be 21 and up and in the state of California, but if you order in the state of California and you're 21 and up, they will deliver that to you overnight, one day shipping, and they'll get it right to you, get some cold beer delivered to your door. No better package to get than some ice-cold Cooperage beer. Let's get into it. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. wild that the 49ers in four straight years have swept the Rams. Like, I know it's just kind of like the, a thing now, and it's just like, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts that this keeps happening. Yeah, because it doesn't, like, it, it feels like the Rams and Niners are pretty, have been pretty evenly matched just in terms of, like, success, right? Mm-hmm. With the obvious exception of the Rams winning the Super Bowl last year, and I think the 49ers have, have had more deeper playoff runs recently, but like, actually maybe not because the Rams went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and lost also. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, they just feel like two perennially pretty good teams in the NFC. And now the 49ers for whatever reason have won eight straight, but it, yeah, I think, you know, my big takeaway from today, there are a lot of them and, and we're going to go through a lot of them, but like as bad as I felt, the Kansas city loss. Like, I think I, I called it the most discouraging loss of the season for them mm-hmm. of their four losses today was definitely the most encouraging win. Like mm-hmm. it, it felt like that was the version of the 49ers that could potentially be a contender in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't really felt like that after any game at all this season. Um, and obviously Christian McCaffrey doing what he did. We'll dive into that. Um, the defense really picking it up. 
the offense just overall scoring a bunch of points in the second half, which it hadn't really all season. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of really positive things to take away from it, not including the fact that they did it without Debo Samuel, who had been so important in this streak they have against the Rams and, and you know, going eight or winning as many as they have in a row against them. Yeah. Yeah, I I think the I mean, let's just talk about Christian McCaffrey right now. Let's just get it out of the way because there's no there's no way to tell the story of this game and how much the 49ers dominated it without talking about number 23 because I mean, you you said it during the game. We watched the game together, no big deal. It was a watch party, nobody came. And <laughs> no one was about um, it. Yeah, no, it's a two-person watch party. Uh three-person. Shout out to shout out to Charles. Um yeah, I you said it during the game and I agree with you. The Niners probably get smoked in that game if they don't have McCaffrey and everything else is the same. Yeah, without Debo, like if it's just Jeff Wilson and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there was so much Willie Sneed today. <laughs> A lot of Bill Sneed. Way too much Willie Sneed. Um you no, know, I just we we talked about it going into the game on, on last week's pod. Like the order, in, the best way to maximize the value of Christian McCaffrey is to utilize him in the passing game, and he mm-hmm. led the Forty Nine ers today with eight catches. Um, and you know we we sort of harped on Kyle Shanahan being needing to be a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more creative, and then he busts out the the halfback double pass mm-hmm. that leads to the Brandon Ayuk touchdown, and. You know, I, I tweeted jokingly, like Kyle Shanahan, fan of the pod. But it, it was kind of funny because, like, he hit all those notes that we were sort of talking about, like being more aggressive, being a little bit more creative. But what really stuck out to me today about Christian McCaffrey and particularly the way he was used in the passing game is that he's just a really, really good checkdown option, mm-hmm. like, maybe one of the best checkdown options in the league. And for a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, the, the types of mistakes we see Jimmy Garoppolo make, McCaffrey is a huge asset to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Because, you know, like, we talk about it all the time, how Jimmy Garoppolo is not a second reaction quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, if his initial reads are taken away and he has to improvise um, and, like, avoid a pass rush and all of that stuff, then bad things tend to happen. Like, a lot of his interceptions feel like they come on those mm-hmm. kinds of plays. Yeah. When you have an elite checkdown option who cannot be covered by linebackers and is going to s- struggle to be covered by even like nickelbacks, that that is a complete game changer for the 49ers offense. And that showed up today. Um, you know, McCaffrey averaged over five yards of carry. He had 18 carries and it felt like, you know, a handful of those at the end of the game were completely unnecessary. Dude, that can I dude, can can Jeff Wilson or Ty Davis Price get the clock grinding carries? Yeah, I agree with what you. Are we on doing that. I, I agree with you on that. But no, I, I just think McCaffrey, like it's it's one thing to have the conversation about, you know, positional value and whether or not you trade or pay for a running back. But if your running sure. back is gonna be your leading receiver in terms of targets and catches, then I, I frankly don't think we can group Christian McCaffrey in that same conversation of like, oh, you don't invest heavily in a running back when you're using him this way. Because to me, 
in the passing game and as a checkdown option, he's just super valuable valuable to the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo in particular. Yeah, you don't want to invest too much in a running back that's that's one dimensional. Like I honestly, Derrick Henry, for example, Derrick Henry is an incredible player. I don't think you give up four draft picks for him because he doesn't give you much as a receiver. He can run some screens to him and stuff, but he's not doing what Christian McCaffrey's doing. And I think that's just a what the point you made was just so prevalent on Sunday. He was their number one offensive playmaker. Take the position next to his name out of it. And I think he could have done, like you said, I'm, I'm with you. I think he could have done with a few more carries or for a, f- a few fewer carries. But it, it was evident to me throughout the game. If he's going to make that kind of impact while Debo Samuel's out and give them that margin of error where it's like, hey, Samuel's out. And um, Mike McGlinchey's having a little bit of a tough game. And um, okay, hey, third and seven, get it to McCaffrey. How many, how many third downs did he convert just by himself? today three or four where it's just yeah it was a good amount of the sticks and there were even other plays like a substantial number of plays where that he put them in far more manageable situations on third yes yes he created the touchdown by himself too his touchdown catch yeah just he wasn't even supposed to be involved in that play but just kind of worked his way up the sideline and found some space and caught a touchdown and it was a great catch really nice catch like it is Christian McCaffrey the best pure pass catcher on the 49ers right now? No. Brandon Ayuk is. Come on, man. You think Brandon Ayuk's a better pass catcher? Yeah, probably. I mean, McCaffrey's had seasons with like over or around 100 catches, and Ayuk hasn't yet. I'm just saying, like, it's a conversation for me. Ayuk is a checkdown option. Sure. Yeah, but I, just for me, like, and, you know, going back to all those blue and green PFF receiving sure, grades. Right, that he has. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think it like he's a very, very good pass catcher. Um, and it it completely changes what the 49ers offense looks like. And going back to the point about Samuel, it's like, man, the ceiling of the offense is really high now, even with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback, because you do have a pass catching option, a check down option, really like a queen on the chessboard in terms of what you can do on third down. And you didn't have Debo Samuel today, and the offense was as good as it's looked all year. Yeah. So when you get Debo Samuel back, you could really be cooking with gas, potentially. And that should be a pretty scary thing for the NFC, given how wide open the NFC feels right now. So that's that's what, that's what jumped out to me, was... Mc- <laughs> I don't think it's sustainable to win games consistently by having McCaffrey have half of your total yards. I just don't think that's feasible long-term. But that's really nice to have in the back pocket, right? It's really nice that in a game, they can just go, hey, it's not just, hey, throw it to Debo. It's, yeah, hey, throw that check down to McCaffrey. And I think that's where... I think some of the creativity and stuff is going to be is going to be great and really helpful for the Niners offense. But just having another go to player that Garoppolo seems to trust and have a good rapport with where it doesn't need to be a downfield throw. It doesn't need to be a throw into the middle of the into into the middle of the field. Like, 
how many times have we seen the Niners in a big spot just go to some in-breaking route at some depth? Like, that's all they do. Well, now Christian McCaffrey can float out and, hey, check it down to him out of the slot or in the flat or whatever and let him go make a play. I just think that that by itself, take away all the creative stuff that Shanahan will be able to do with with Samuel in, in the lineup. Having another player that they can rely on to just convert third downs and keep drives going, that's massive. And it's something that they've been missing really. I mean, even with Elijah Mitchell, it's just something they've not had in their backfield. Yeah, totally agree. He's he's a really good route runner. He's really slippery after the catch. Um, it just felt like the offense was so much more efficient with him as even just a checked out option. Yes. And um, let alone the creativity stuff, like you mentioned, and the touchdown where it's like, all right, the fifth McCaffrey was the fifth guy in the progression. And really, he was just sort of a decoy to to clear out space for somebody else. And then you get through your five progressions and you realize, okay, well, McCaffrey is the only guy I have, really. Mm -hmm. And then just drill him and he makes a great catch and it's a touchdown. Like that's that is a luxury they did not have. Um, So I just thought it. The Niners offense could look completely different now. And it's, you know, four picks is a lot of picks. $12 million is a lot of money annually for, for a guy like that. I know that money doesn't kick in, but you start to understand why the 49ers made this deal. And it wasn't just to add another running back because like, yeah, yeah. you could say like, you know, they've, they've certainly had a good enough running game in, in years past. But like you think about it, like I always come back to this when looking at like what Kyle Shanahan is trying to do offensively, like just going back to the Super Bowl and the NFC championship game, like why did the offense fall apart in the fourth quarters of both of those games? And it's just like an inability to move the sticks. Yes. <laughs> it's really inability that simple. In second and third and short. Right. Right. And now you just have somebody who can make that a whole lot easier for you as a check down option, as somebody you can use in a variety of ways, as somebody you can use in the screen game. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be throwing any more touchdowns this season. Maybe he does, <laughs> but, yeah. but um, it just, it's a, it's a ceiling lifter and it just makes up for the fact like today when you don't have Debo Samuel mm-hmm. you can still function at a pretty high level. Yeah. And if they can make this whole thing click together, with Samuel back in the lineup whenever he does get healthy enough. Man, it could be it could be a really really dangerous offense and you know the 49ers might finally live up to the preseason expectations that they would yeah. be a contending team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The other thing that's so encouraging about this is, A, it's Christian McCaffrey. This is not random fifth-round pick who had a huge day, and it's like, oh, hey, maybe this guy's good. It's like, no, Christian McCaffrey's good. We know that. But... I think the other the other thing that really jumps out to me is that this win looked different. They didn't have a lead in the first half and then hang on for dear life down the stretch and get a defensive touchdown to seal it. This was, hey, the defense wasn't great early. Offense hung around. Defense shuts the faucet off in the second half. Offense pulls away. That's something that hadn't happened all year. They'd had leads. And they'd gotten good defensive performances, but then the defense slips up once in Denver. Defense slips up a couple times in Chicago, and all of a sudden they're walking out of there with a couple of losses. That that game today was primed for that type of game. But you had the defense turning the faucet off. They didn't allow a touchdown in the second half. Meanwhile, the offense scores three touchdowns in the second half and cruises. And it's like, okay, that's that's the best sign for me today. We knew Christian McCaffrey was good. And the fact that he impacted the game as much as he did, it's like, hey, that that alone is worth a fifth round pick. Like, would you rather be three and five with a fifth round pick next year, or four and four without that fifth round pick? Right. And I know that doesn't translate exactly, but um, <laughs> but I think that's that's one of the things that just kind of got overlooked with with McCaffrey in the discourse about the the acquisition. Like having good players is never bad. And the Niners needed another good offensive player. And now they have one. And their offense, lo and behold, for the first time all year, looks great in the second half. The Niners came into the game 26 in the NFL, averaging 7.6 points after halftime. And they got 21 points today in the second half. Yes. So that was... And got 21 points without like, oh, turnover, got the ball at the five. Right. It was the offense moving up and down the field. They didn't turn the ball over, which is obviously a good sign. Um, But the fact that they were able to win so decisively, like to win by 17 points in a game where you don't even get any turnovers is a really good sign for the offense. Um, Defensively, it was it was odd, right? Because it's been it's been pretty confounding trying to figure out exactly what the 49ers issues have been defensively the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. They've been terrible on third down. Mm-hmm. They weren't good on third down in Atlanta. They were horrendous on third down in uh, or against Kansas City. And they weren't good on third down at all at a point in this game. They they allowed six straight third down conversions after getting um, the Rams off the field to a three and out on, the fir- on their first possession of the game. Those two scoring drives and I think a drive after that included converting six straight third downs. And it's like, man, this 49ers defense just can't get off the field like they're going to get boat raced if they can't get off the field with any consistency and then after halftime it was like like you said the faucet was off the rams had 58 yards of offense in the second half god all punts yeah they went so this is where so they go 17 plays 85 yards for their first touchdown then come back on their next drive and go nine plays 75 yards for a touchdown and that made it 14 to seven. And at that point, it it's like, man, this defense for a third straight week is just getting diced. 
it was it was really bad. But then their drives after that go two for seven with the end of the half, eight for thirty-two punt, three for minus six punt, six for eighteen punt, three for zero punt, five for fourteen end of the game. Their those three drives, so their first three drives of the game, they had twelve first downs. They had four first downs the rest of the game. And it was just it was I don't know what was different or what switch flipped, but whatever adjustment they made worked. And yeah. I think that's partly I think that's part of just kind of the Rams issue this year altogether is they have one pitch. And the it it didn't work after their, their third drive. Yeah, the the Higby drop on that third down, I I do wonder like how that would have changed the complexion of the game. Mm, yeah. Um because that was a big one in that moment. But yeah, the Rams were gashing him with screens and sort of negating the, the 49ers pass pass rush that way. And I think the Niners just started playing the screens better, just like really focusing in on who those eligible receivers were and guys who were hanging around by the line line of scrimmage as the play was developing. Mm-hmm. Just sort of like camping at those guys. Instead of, you know, the like the Chris Kasarek thing, his ethos as a defensive line coach is like attack, 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 get off the ball as quickly as possible, get upfield as fast as possible um, and be relentless that way. Mm-hmm. Well, the way to go against that, if you're an offense and you can't really block those guys is screens, like just yeah. make plays right behind those guys and allow your offensive linemen to start blocking linebackers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, the 49ers, I think, made a really nice adjustment in the second half and started taking that away. Um, there, but there was an element of luck just in a in a grander scheme today, too. Like, you know, McCaffrey had that fumble that popped right to Ray Ray McLeod. Oh, man. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo had a pass. Uh, it was in the first half. Two of them. Yeah, that there was one that... Jalen Ramsey was blitzing and then he jumps and got his hand on it. Looked like he could have picked that. And if he didn't, it looked like there was a defender cutting across George Kittle's face who yeah. would have picked it had that throw gone through. Um, so they were fortunate for sure. Do you want, do you want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo? Sure. I thought that the was the best Jimmy game he's experience. played. I thought that was the best game he's played in a while. Yeah. The two, those two throws. That that you just mentioned, the one where Ramsey knocked it down, and then it was so there were back to back plays on I think it was their first drive, where's the deep shot to Ray Ray McLeod, right? Where he underthrew it, threw it late and underthrew it, and then the next play was a throw over the middle that Ramsey nearly picked. That was the first one, and then outside of that, there was the one where, and honestly, Ramsey just made an incredible individual play on the second one where his delayed blitz and he recognized the throw and got his hands up. But outside of that, man, like the, the throw to McCaffrey was the, the touchdown pass to McCaffrey was nice. He shook a rusher off, stepped up in the pocket, read the field, found a player who wasn't even supposed to be involved in the play and threw a touchdown. And then the throw to Kittle, the touchdown pass to Kittle. I that and I, I have to really think about it. It, it is, one of the best throws I can remember him making. Yeah, I think it's his best throw of the season just off the top of my head. Rolling rolling left, setting his feet, forgoing McCaffrey, because I think McCaffrey was supposed to be the read there, mm-hmm. and then floating it to Kittle over the top of Taylor Rapp, but keeping Kittle in bounds. Like, that was a dynamite throw. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo had four incompletions. 
and two of them were the knockdown balls, and one was a deep shot to McLeod. Yeah, nine point four yards per attempt. Like that's excellent. Eighty four, eighty four percent completion rate. That's that that's the best of his career. If checking it down to McCaffrey takes away one interceptable throw per game or turns one incompletion into a first down. Like that's just, that's enormous. We've talked about that so much with Garoppolo, like man, two or three plays change two or the outcome of two or three plays. And this offense hits another level. I still need to see what it looks like with, with Samuel and whether Garoppolo reverts back to trying to force it into him every, every big spot, or if he's going to lean on McCaffrey more, but it was definitely encouraging the way the way he utilized uh, the new running back. Yeah, and it makes, like I said, it, it makes Jimmy Garoppolo's life a whole lot easier. Like so, the way Kyle Shanahan approaches attacking defenses is he studies defenses and learns their rules, right? Like yes. so, what this linebacker is doing in this coverage, like we're going to force him to make a decision. And and leave space elsewhere. Right. And so if you have a really dynamic pass catching running back, you can say, all right, we're going to attack this linebacker and force him to either, you know, play the running back and leave this part of the field open or cover that part of the field and leave the running back open. Mm-hmm. Like just in like a broad sense, like he he's really good at understanding the rules that certain defenders have on certain plays and then creating or designing plays to put that player in conflict. Right. And, and I think ultimately that's, that's one of the big reasons why Jimmy Garoppolo excels in this offense is because he can see that and he can make those reads like really quickly, but it's a second reaction stuff that he's often not good at. Right. So when you have a quarterback who's really good or, you know, whose strength, I guess, is making those throws in the middle of the field and you have McCaffrey who can challenge those defenders in those areas by attacking their rules, then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we're going to send McCaffrey this way. And Debo is going to go to that place where the defender's vacating to go get McCaffrey or vice versa. Right. So it's just, it's, it's going to be really interesting if they can keep all these pieces healthy. Um, Even with Jimmy Garoppolo, it's like, man, they might, they might really just be a handful for defenses um as the season goes on and so that's i think today i mean it's it's easy to overreact today and say oh yeah home run trade and there's still obviously questions about it long term but like i just don't think we can look at it in the same sphere as like no they they traded for a running back they gave up all those picks for running back it's like no this is like this is like a hub for the offense basically this is is like this is like getting a playmaking wing in the nba where you right. can like a guy who can pass dribble and shoot like not just spot up or not just dribble and you know like he's he's somebody who can do a little bit of everything and I think it's just going to make the offense just breathe a little bit easier. Well, and I think a good a good example and I I have to go watch the all 22. I got to grind the film, but with the clicker. I, the one the one that stands out that I that I think was a direct result of what you're talking about. It's a great it's a it's a great example was the throw over the middle to George Kittle where I think it was like a 23-yard gain, and he was just open up the seam. When was the last time George Kittle just ran by himself across the middle of the field? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sure it happens sometimes, and we just don't 
see it, but it's so rare that a, any good pass catching tight end just gets a free release up the middle and or up the seam. And I, I would love to go back and look and see where McCaffrey was on that play to see if it was the linebacker going with McCaffrey instead or whatever. It's just, uh, I mean, the the is it foundation, the word I'm looking for, like the, the, the bones of why the Niners made the trade were just so apparent today. And I don't know what they do in that game without McCaffrey. Maybe they win it 17 to 14 and they figure out how to move the ball. But man, he, he is, he's just a game changing player in all facets. And he became the first player since 2005 to throw, catch and run a touchdown in, in the same game. 11th player in NFL history to do it. Third player since the merger. Not bad. Um, Brandon Ayuk, six catches, 81 yards today. His, oh, hey. His last three games, 81 yards today, 82 against Kansas City, 83 against Atlanta. So he's getting worse. <laughs> so he's <laughs> getting a yard so, worse every week. So he's getting worse. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the production's good. And did you see what we got today? Kyle Shanahan, listener of the pod. <laughs> What's Danny that? Gray jet jet motion? We got yeah. it. Yeah. Didn't get the handoff, but we got the motion. We got the motion. Why is why can't Danny Gray be the third receiver instead of Willie Sneed? Because Willie Sneed is experienced and knows where to line up and stuff. <laughs> Come on. There's no That's way Willie Sneed is more talented or an even better player right now than than your third round pick. I just don't, I don't buy it. Anyway, we don't need to go down that tangent again, but. Um, <laughs> so many Willie Sneed snaps. Yeah. I'm curious to, to see tomorrow. Um, how many, how many he played? How about Niners special teams? The Rams started. So the Rams best starting field position was on the opening drive when they started at their own own 29. 29. Yeah. It went their 12, 25, 25, 10, 25, 25, 21, nine. Man. They, the Niners special teams are actually good. Ray McLeod had like a bunch of good returns. Yeah. Like, and like breaking tackles and making guys miss. It was nice. It was a good Ray McLeod game. If you average like seven yards a return, that's like a pretty good returner in the NFL. Yeah. He averaged yeah. 11.3 today. Yeah, with a long of 15. Yeah. So they were all right in that range. Yeah, he was good. And he, he had a 39-yard kickoff return and averaged, um, what's the math here? I think he 39 yards and 27 yards. I feel on kickoff like returns. I feel like he is. Always either about to return it for a touchdown or fumble. Like I have, I, I'm so conflicted when Rarry McLeod is returning punts. Because like you said, he had some really good ones today. But also the entire time he's running, I'm like, this ball is going on the ground. Yeah, it's kind of an adventure. All three of uh, Mitch Wishnowski's punt 
punts went inside the 20. Earning that cash, bro. Earning hey, contract your Mitch. Although I guess earn, not anymore. Earning that cash. Um had you ever heard of Rivers, the uh the running back the Rams were trotting trotting out there? Yeah. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Eight carries, twenty one yards. Yeah, they just didn't uh the other thing I, w- I was looking this up and I couldn't find it, but then I found it. Three penalties for eight yards today for the Niners. That's way better. That's so much better. Yeah, and even then, like they had, I think it was a Trent Williams false start on first down. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like I felt like two of those three penalties were like at the start of drives. They had the like, block in the back on Aaron Banks too on a screen that lost yards. Right. And the Rams declined that to take the second and twelve or whatever it was. Yes. Yeah. Is that the right move? Go to second and twelve instead of first and twenty. I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's some advanced yeah. analytics Although guy who's McVeigh's not a big analytics. Yeah, McVeigh's kind of a weird game manager for a guy who's so highly um, regarded. The Niners defense, just to just to kind of get back to that, the Niners averaged seven point one yards per play offensively today, which is very good. That will lead the league basically every single year. Um, the Rams four yards per play. Yeah. After having those two monster drives for touchdowns early in the game. This was, I'm with you. This was the first Niners win of the year that, and again, not saying they're going to the Super Bowl, but this is the first game that I've been like, oh, that's a sustainable formula. Like that, that will allow them to win a lot of games. And same thing for like the Panthers game, but that's the Panthers. It's hard to, it's hard to judge a team by kicking the crap out of Carolina. But even their like their first win over the Rams was just kind of, you know, okay, they held them to three field goals and three trips to the red zone. They had the pick six by Hufanga at the end of the game. Like that was kind of and then they had the Seattle game. Like Seattle, they they obviously thumped the Seahawks pretty soundly, but the Seahawks are playing a lot better now. Um this was the 49ers that I think we expected and I kind of thought that they would have a different identity this year. Like, you know, last year they had that week 10 game against the Rams and they got behind their bully ball identity. And I said with the McCaffrey trade, I thought that they would go to a more for lack of a, for lack of a better term. I don't mean this like this, this can be kind of disparaging, but I don't mean it to be like a finesse type of game. And that's not to say that it's not still Aaron Banks and Trent Williams getting downhill and Christian McCaffrey who's, uh runs with a lot of power. He's not a, he makes guys miss, but he'll also um, run through somebody. That's not to say those elements aren't there, but I think we're going to see a lot more. How many times did we see Garoppolo and empty today? It felt like more than usual. And I think we're going to see more of that. Where it's like, man, Brandon Ayuk's a hard cover. Debo Samuel is a hard cover. Christian McCaffrey's a hard cover. George Kittle, same thing. And if you have those four guys and then pick Kyle Juszczyk or or whoever it is like there's just matchup problems everywhere and I think Garoppolo can for for as as much grief as as you as as I and and I think you have as well have given him in terms of just kind of his limitations on where he can throw the football what he does when he has more than two and a half seconds I think if you just spread five guys out and say hey here's where these guys are going to be. I think he could actually do okay in that kind of setting. Especially yeah. with this group. 
Agreed. So I think that's going to be their identity kind of moving forward. Like I said, that that bully ball is still going to be there, I think, but I don't think we're going to see them winning a playoff game 10 to 7. I think they're going to be able to score. So now they get a bye. They get to get healthier. They're missing. I mean, they they're missing Kyle Juszczyk, Juwan Jennings, Debo Samuel. Like they're missing two of their top three receivers today. Real quick, Dre Greenlaw was out. Oren Burks was good. Yeah, Oren Burks had Oren a Burks really had good had a game. nice game. That hit he had on Cooper Cup, I think, got Cup a little bit. Like Cup didn't look yeah. the same physically after that hit. I agree. Um, in the first quarter, so Niners have the bye. They have four of their next five at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And the road game they have is the Mexico City game against Arizona, November 21st. They could go on a nice little run here. Um, The Chargers aren't as good as as we anticipated. Still a very talented team, still super banged up. But the 49ers do get that one at home. Um, At Arizona, I don't trust the Cardinals as far as I could throw them. The Saints aren't very good, even though they whooped up on the Raiders today. The Dolphins, that's going to be a really interesting game. And Tampa, you know, Tampa looks bad, but it wouldn't really surprise me if Tampa turned things around and went on a run in the, in the second half of the season. That's a, I'm Tom Brady looks terrible. I'm not burying him yet. No, 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 no. Just let it be. Just don't breathe on it. Just let it happen. But with four of the next five at home, like if the Niners go four and one over the next five, you know, like you're you're eight and five you're in a pretty good spot yeah you just split your last four to make the playoffs basically yeah and then you have seattle uh december 15th on that short week on on thursday night that's gonna be that could potentially be a pretty tough game if they keep this up seattle looks great seattle is just proving that nobody knows anything about the nfl yes there were a ton of smart people who I've who I've talked to who thought the Seahawks were tanking. Yes. And now they're five and three. Turns out Geno Smith can play a little bit. They're five and three and in the three seed. Man. Kind of look wild. at that. Minnesota six and one. Yeah, Minnesota got a nice win over the uh, Cardinals today. Yeah. Cardinals just not a good football team, in my opinion. Three and five. New Orleans three and five. I think the Cardinals are not a well coached football team. Yeah, that's my take. I, I think that's fair. But no, like we we looked at the schedule early on in the season. And we we're like, well, but the Niners are going to have a really tough schedule. It's like, it's kind of so okay. You're I I I T- see what you're getting at. Tampa's I not see. as good. The Chargers aren't as good. The Dolphins are good, but you know you got Washington. Obviously, nobody expected them to be good. The Raiders pretty awful. I see what you're getting at. And then you wrap up with the Cardinals. Like the Niners could go on a run here. They totally could. And I see what you're getting at. But at the same time, I mean, they lost to a bad Broncos team and they lost to the Bears. Yeah, I know. And that's just... mm, That's where it's like, okay, maybe Tampa's not as hard of a game as we thought or the Saints isn't as hard. But they also stacked a couple of losses that they probably shouldn't have had, so... But yeah, but these are going to be home games, and I, I have a feeling the Mexico City game, the the faithful are going to are going to be prevalent. You think they'll travel for the faithful travel? <laughs> a lot Levi's, of red in SoFi today. Levi's South, still a thing, still, still a storyline, still a thing we're talking about. It is, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, until like I don't think the Rams 
Did you did you notice the Rams ever going like silent count? I I didn't. Okay. I yeah. I, no. Yeah, unless like the home team really has to go silent count. Like I'm okay. Like you know, the pictures are cool. There are some cool visuals of like you know them celebrating touchdowns, and then you seeing all the red like in the background yeah. in the photos and stuff. Like those yeah. look pretty cool. But in terms of like a talking point, I'm like, unless the Rams are in a silent count, let's just table the discussion about how well they traveled to LA. Like we we get it. <laughs> yeah. We get it. They traveled to LA. They yeah. And um, it's cool. It's really cool, but like it's cool. It's cool. Niners. National brand. Hey, speaking of being in the background of photos, did you see your boy in the background of uh George Kittle's post? Your boy. Me. Oh no. Dude, just power stance in my floral ass shirt. This is from the Chiefs game. Yes. Yeah, when we were credentialed. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. You wanna do I'll 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 look for that. Um do you wanna <laughs> do the, the Cooper the Cooper six pack? Yeah, let's do our uh, let's do a Cooper six pack action. Okay. Are we doing the button? Tyler, if we are, hit the thing. Yeah. All right, you win this week because I you definitely took, win this week. You took Christian McCaffrey first. I did. So I don't want to. I don't have anything else to say about Christian McCaffrey. He's really good, and I'm excited to see what it looks like when Debo Samuel's back. Um, I took Mike McGlinchey, thinking that like if he had a bad game, the Forty Nineers would lose. If he had a good game, the Forty Nineers would probably win. It wasn't a great game. Had it's allowed it's, what one sack or two sacks? I think he allowed two at least one there was one where they had like a no i think there was one where spencer burford was looking at jimmy garoppolo as the ball was snapped and then aaron donald just flew right past him and i think jimmy had to step up and then the guy that mcglinchy was blocking ended up getting that sack i think but there's it that's the thing with mcglinchy is like man there's three or four snaps a game where he just looks like a traffic cone and he might be good the other 45 or 48 or 50 snaps or whatever but man when he is bad it is really bad it's noticeable it's noticeable the thing is with the offensive line it's like you can't really tell from you know the tv angle mm-hmm. if a corner gets beat every play or if he doesn't because those guys are out of the screen right right if a tackle gets beat you know <laughs> you can see it yeah so and and especially with with garoppolo who it's just not super mobile. Yeah. And so when your offensive lineman get if you're an offensive lineman, you get beat, like it chances are a quarterback's going down. Garoppolo's not mobile at all. Not not big on mobility. Um I took Jimmy Ward. Yeah, you took Jimmy Ward. Can I let's talk about Jimmy Ward for a quick second. Two tackles. My, he's not a Two corner. Two solo tackles. He's not a corner. There was one play where he was on. I think it was Cooper Cup. Or it might have been Van Jefferson. I don't know. I can't remember. But he was so twisted around in coverage. And I know he's a good cover corner or he's a he's a good coverage safety. But he just looked like a guy who just doesn't play cornerback. It looked like when a linebacker has to like try and run with a running back out of the backfield. And it's just like, oh, you should not be doing that. 
That's what this looked like. And I mean, it helps their case, I guess, that they pitched a second half shutout and they were really good after those first three drives. But man, it was really tough in those first couple of drives looking and not thinking, hey, how this defense would be better if Jimmy Ward was not trying to play slot corner. Yeah, I agree. I've been on that been on that rant. Don't need to do it again. Jimmy Ward should no. be playing free safety, but yes, it is what it is. It sure um, is. I took Nick Bosa. He got his eighth sack of the season. He was kind of negated for the most part, I would say, in the first half by all the screens the Rams were running. And he he said after the game that there just weren't many pass rushing opportunities in this one. And then once the 49ers got ahead and the Rams had to resort to the more traditional dropback passing game, then then Bosa got his sack and some some pressures. Um, Not a completely dominant performance, but a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was good. He wasn't noticeably bad like he was at times against Kansas City. The second touchdown pass for the Rams to to Cooper Cup, or I guess the first touchdown pass, the second touchdown, Bosa started to rush and then dropped back to cover the flat. And whatever design that is in the defensive playbook, get it out. Yeah, but also that- like that <laughs> might have been the reason why the screen game stopped working for the Rams because that like I talked about it earlier like that's that's kind of what they were doing and so yeah I get it yeah but hmm. it didn't look great because the result (laughs) wasn't good but like that's that those types of plays are why the screen game was slowed down after after yeah no doubt no doubt but when you talk about a few pass rushing opportunities early on it's like well yeah that was one and yeah because Stafford had all day to throw yeah It it was a little weird. Um, you took Mooney Ward. I did. Man, you you doubled up on Wards. I did. Left with a. It looked like maybe a stinger. Left shoulder. Yeah, it was. And then came back. Um, but I thought played a lot better this week than last week. Yeah, it looked much healthier. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was going to be a key, right? Could they hit a big shot to Van Jefferson or Tutu Outwell or something stupid like that? And Tutu Atwell play for the Rams? Yes. I believe he wears number 19. 18, maybe? No, no touches or targets. Yeah, he's just he's running around. Not a dude. No. Tutu. Not a dude. Tutu is not a dude. Um, all right. Last pick. I had Brandon Ayuk. Six it's, catches, what? 81 yards, led the team in yardage, had the touchdown. Where, it Third feels like game with Ayuk yards. where you can just pencil him in for five and eighty. Yeah. He just stays open. Yeah, he's good, man. I really think he's better than his than even his production is yeah, is indicating. I think I think second half of the season could be could be pretty special for him. I agree. And the other crazy thing with I with with Ayuk is not only is he always open, especially like on the all 22, he just he's open constantly. You're a big Whenever, all 22 guy. I am. I'm big on the 22. When I just grind, I'm just, dude, when you live in the lab, it comes up. Right. No, but it's just when you when you see the non-TV angle, you, you see it. He's just, he's constantly open. But the second thing, has he made a contested catch all year? Has he had to? I feel like every time the ball goes to him, he's six feet from the nearest defender. 
I guess you'd say two yards from the nearest defender. There's nobody ever close to him. It's crazy. Do you remember early in this? I think it might have been during our hot take episode, and I said Brandon IU could get 1,400 yards. Yeah. If he averages 80 yards, I mean, he's, you know, if he averages 80 yards per game for the whole season, mm-hmm. that's 1,360. Right. And obviously he has He needs a couple of big games down the stretch. Yeah, he needs a couple of big games because he hasn't had um, huge yardage totals yet. I'm pulling up his game log right now. He's had 40, 63, 39, 37, 58, 83, 81, 82. Yeah. Or 83, 82, 81. Sorry. But yeah. He could he's, on pace, have a he's on pace right now for 976. Yeah. Uh, no, it's more than that because he has another 80 in there. But he's on pace for a little over a thousand. It's not bad. And Pretty he's good. played season opener 99% of the snaps, week two, 88, 89, 92, 87, 92, 94. Yeah, he plays a lot. Plays a lot, which is which was not the case early last year. So that's a good time. Um, all right. Anything else on this? Uh, I don't. I don't have anything else right now. Okay. Uh, just a better, more disciplined, um, more effective game from the 49ers on both sides of the ball. In a game that the Rams also needed to have. Also needed to have. Rams are in a bad way right now. Rams are in a bad spot. They're now three and four. Niners are four and four. Like this is a game the Rams would have loved to have had. And the Niners punched them in the mouth in the second half. I'm very, very encouraged by the fact that it was just a different game script than we saw this entire year. So Rams go to Tampa, Mm -hmm. host Arizona, and then play at New Orleans and at Kansas City. Interesting stretch for them. They still got to go to the Packers. Uh, well, who knows if the Packers are Packers don't look great either. <laughs> Host the Broncos at the Chargers at, at at Seattle. So, yeah, the Rams not not great right now. Okay, uh, that's all we got. We're gonna figure out what we're gonna pot about during this this bye week. Um, we we'll get some well, guests. Yeah, we get get some guests. We can do three episodes. Yeah, why not? Okay, all right. I'm good. I'm good with three episodes, especially if we get a guest or two. Um, yeah, we'll do that. And we will talk to you guys later in the week. Make sure you check out Cooperage. Um, you can go to their website, cooperagebrewing.com. They still have, as of this evening, Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA with citra hops. It's very good. Drink it all weekend. I loved it. Still do. Um, it's so good. So good. You get my paper cousin's juice visiting. box. El my Cooper cousin's Cabra. visiting. My cousin's visiting. And she's not a beer person. And my mom gave her one and was like, don't feel like you need to drink it. But if you want to try it, here you go. My cousin was like, this is good. I usually don't like beer, especially don't usually like IPAs, but I'm drinking this whole thing. Very, very tasty. And if you're a Niners fan, I couldn't imagine there being a cooler looking can of beer. I've seen other teams have cans, like cans based on them. This is the coolest. In my bias. Yes, super bias. All right. Uh, thank, you, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back later in the week. Uh, yes. And subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast.